It's time for your week three Blue Rush preview show. It's our Giants preview show for the New York Post and SNY. It's a short week for the Giants after that historic comeback win out there, out in Arizona. But it's on to the next. And that next is the San Francisco 49ers out in the Bay Area for some Thursday night football. Primetime football, baby. You got to love it. For this week's Know Your Enemy, we have Carlos Ramirez of NBC Sports Bay Area. He does the 49ers pregame and postgame show. But now, let's bring in the playmakers of Blue Rush. Longtime Giants beat writer for the post, Paul Schwartz is live from Arizona. He's out there traveling. He's out there with the team before they head out to San Francisco. And primetime Lawrence Tynes, two-time Super Bowl champ for the G-Men. And he's in the house right now. Fellas, what's going on? I'm Brandon London. For those of you who don't know, 24-hour rule is in effect. Big win on Sunday, but it's time to look ahead in a short week. Times you know all about this, man. Kind of give us what the vibes are like or the mood for the players going into this short week, primetime football. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, great to see you guys, Paul. Hope you're enjoying Arizona. Um, first and foremost, you just got to take care of your body and you can to get yourself ready to play. It is such a tough task. Those Thursday night games are hell, certainly not for kickers, but again, for the guys that are tackling and running and getting hit. So it's a big challenge to get your body feeling somewhat ready to play in the National Football League, even for a Sunday game week to week. Three to four days is not a lot of time, but I think most importantly, rest, rest, rest. You know, Coach Coughlin... My last Thursday night game in the NFL, literally, I think he started this, gave us the entire week off. We played Carolina. We go down there. We didn't practice all week. Didn't do anything. Literally, everything was a walkthrough. We go down to Carolina, beat Cam Newton and the boys by 30 points, something like that. Uh, Ramses Bard had a career game that night, so that tells you how long ago it was. But, yeah, just getting the body ready and uh, obviously a huge challenge in front of the Giants this week. I mean, throughout the throwback, Ramsey's Barty, the 13 before Odell. Uh, Paul, That's right. uh, is Brian Dable giving them the full week off? You're out there with the team. What's your practice report? And can we get any injury updates heading into this primetime must win against the San Francisco 49ers? Hey, guys, I remember that Ramsey's Barn slant, 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 <laughs> slant, right? Using that big body, right? Slant, slant, slant. Move the chains. Yep. Um, well, it's uh, over 100 degrees in uh, Tempe, Arizona, where the Giants are staying. Um, they do have walkthroughs on the field. But, yeah, Lawrence, as you said, there's nothing really resembling a practice, which is why a lot of these injured guys, you know, they're not going to be able to test themselves in practice. So it's going to go all the way to um, Levi Stadium, walk, you know, a, a, a pregame workouts to see if some of these guys like um, – 
um, Andrew Thomas, uh, Wondell Robinson, probably not. If some of these guys, you know, if they can play, because they're really not testing themselves at all. Um, you know, I think the Giants, you know, had to do a good job of moving past that crazy game because, uh, as you guys know and have said, uh, it is really, it is no time. There is literally no time to to dwell on the past when you have these games. You know, they stayed here. They stayed out in Tempe. They're, you know, doing these walkthroughs for a couple of days. Um, Wednesday morning, they are having a quick walkthrough and then flying the short flight to uh, San Francisco. The game will be in Santa Clara and then play Thursday night back home Friday. So and then the weekend off. So, um, um, you know, I think the Giants have the right mindset, but, um, you know, do they have the right willpower and talent to face a very, 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 maybe the biggest challenge in the league right now. Paul, it's early out there. Uh, I don't think the coordinators have uh, and Coach Dable have spoke uh, as of now, as the time we're recording this. Any updates on Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, or any of the guys who could possibly uh, miss this game on Thursday? Yeah, well, short week coordinators won't talk to us. They need to be uh, hunkered down and preparing for their mm. – uh, so uh, we, they will not get them this week. Um, look, Saquon Barkley's got a, a uh, ankle, you know, sprained ankle, low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. Um, it swelled up. It's um, basically a three-week deal, you know, give or take, probably um, right in that ballpark. So the way I figured it, it will be 21 days for Saquon Barkley from the injury to when the Giants play um, – what week uh, five i guess so uh, you know he'll definitely miss week three i would say he'll definitely miss week four and can he come back in week five i would say that's likely um it's just the way it is you know and it's so frustrating because it came on a run the clock out two yard run you know he was kind of fighting for a couple more yards and to keep the clock moving but it was not a a, a really pertinent play in the game they were in you know well within Graham Gano's field goal range for the game-winning field goal. Very frustrating, which is why Saquon, you know, threw his helmet off and was so upset. Um, Daniel Jones spoke to him and said that he's doing okay, but he obviously is frustrated. And, you know, Daniel admitted we're going to miss him because, you know, he can do things that other guys can't do. As far as Andrew Thomas, uh, like I said, he's not going to do a lot in practice because there really is no practice. Um, I don't think he was really close this past week to play. Um, I would – I mean, I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm not going to, uh, you know, pretend that I do know. I think they probably err on the side of caution and send him out this game and give him the full, um, you know, after this, it's 10 days before they uh, play against the uh, Seattle, maybe 11 days because they play on Monday night. And, um, you know, Josh Azudu held up okay against, um, you know, against the Cardinals at left tackle. Um, ben Bredesen's not going to play because he's in the concussion protocol. Um, there's really no way he can be cleared in four days to get out of that protocol. So it's going to be uh, um, Mark Lewinsky, who was benched. And they always say, what when you're benched, right? You know, you got to be prepared to play. He was yep. benched. He took it hard, took it like a pro, and now he's back in the lineup. Times they're going to, or it looks like they're going to be missing two of their best players, but they do have mother momentum on their side. So I'm going to ask you, man, will do you think that the Giants momentum from that second half of Arizona carry over into this game Thursday night against the 49ers? Yeah, I'm a big believer in momentum and confidence as a player. I think when when you do well, obviously it translates week to week. Now the Niners are a completely different opponent than the the Arizona Cardinals. But having said that, I think the Giants found something, found something they were good at, found some things they like, right? Mm -hmm. So early in the season, these guys don't play a lot together in the preseason. In live action, they finally found some things that they're good at. Every team's going to have them. Those staple plays they go to, the runs, the play actions. 
So, yes, absolutely believe in confidence. Again, we don't know if that's enough to beat the 49ers on the road on a short week, but I do expect the Giants to play well against this team. Formidable opponent, great pass rush, great defense, um, runs the ball really, really well. Kyle Shanahan, we know what he brings. It's going to be a difficult challenge, but certainly one I think they feel better about now than they did, you know, seven, eight days ago. Yeah, they celebrate, clean up, move on, and get ready for this 49ers team. We're talking about momentum. In the second half of that Arizona game, Giants scored four touchdowns and a field goal, put up 31 points. So like you said, they got a lot to carry over. And, and you know, when they talk about players, not plays, they got the ball to a bunch of different players in that second half. So it's going to be interesting to see who's, who kind of comes out and, and is that, st- that spark early in the game for this Giants team. Uh, let's stay on offense, Paul. Mike Kafka, a lot of people are saying he needs to be aggressive early. New York had been score, outscored 74-0 in their, last th- uh, in their last three first half played. They have to throw this football. Can these receivers step up early and get it done with, with Mike Kafka's offense in this uh, first half of this uh, 49ers game? That, that's, that's the second question. The first question is, do they – have enough confidence in their offensive line all mm. those plays you know what i mean it's easy you know it's very easy you guys know you know it's very easy to call those plays if you feel that the quarterback is protected and um we'll see you know i mean the, the first half um you know the whole game in dallas uh, against the, the cowboys not in dallas the, uh, the the first half against the cardinals in arizona you know the offensive line was not really a stable unit and therefore um, you know, Daniel Jones can't go into his bag of tricks that looks so great in the second half in that game. Um, I, 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 you know, I think without Saquon Barkley, I still think they need to run the ball. I think they have confidence in Matt Breida. So I, I don't know. You know, I yeah, I mean, you, it's easy to say, you know what, first play of the game, they should just run a go to Jalen Hyatt like they did in the first play of the second half against the Cardinals and see if they can run with them and see if they can block it up. Maybe they will. But, um, you know, this is a classic. You need to shorten this game. You know, you need to shorten the game against the 49ers. And um, um, they're going to have to be as creative, you know, as they possibly can be. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, you know what? It, it's, it's really – I don't know what to make of that last game. I really don't. You know, the first half the Giants, no. Is the second half the Giants? Probably not. You know, I mean, it's somewhere in the middle. So, you know, I know, Lawrence, you mentioned you're a big believer in momentum. I'm not sure what momentum there is. Um, because, you know, in the first series in San Francisco, you know, in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium, if the Giants get sacked and have a false start, I think then the momentum is, oh, shoot, it's the same stuff yeah. we've been doing for six quarters. If they come out and have a great drive, it's, oh, man, this is what we did in the second half. You know, so pick your pick your you know, your mole and I know, I know it's time to move on from that Arizona game, but you, I have to highlight four pass plays over 25 plus yards, six pass plays over 15 plus yards. You want to see that carry over and you ask who's going to be protecting Daniel Jones. Can they hold up against this 49ers front seven? Daniel Jones has a 100.1 passer rating on play action passes and a 56.8 passing rating on non play action passes this season. So you, it's going to be interesting to see how Mike Kafka calls his game. Can you get him out of the pocket to create a little bit of extra time to get the ball to the weapons? But a big question in this game, Tynes, is who will get the carries with Saquon out? If you're Mike Kafka, who is now your RB1 going into San Francisco? 
Well, I think Breida, obviously, because of what he brings in the pass protection game, and he's a veteran and he's been around. I mean, you've still got Brightwell and Gray, which I assume they will get some carries. Both those guys can can run the football. But again, the Niners see the second least rushing attempts per game, 16 mm. per game. Teams pass against them. They, they, they know they can't really run the ball against the Niners. So they only have 32 rushing attempts against them this season. So 16 per game, that's about average, right? You, you factor in Daniel Jones's run ability. You do have to run the football, guys. They lead the league in pressures and quarterback hurries with that D-line. Bosa does not have a sack. Uh, Drake Jackson, a second-year player, is leading the team with three sacks. Uh, Armstead, I believe, maybe has one or none. But this team is this team is all based on the front seven. I think you can get after this secondary a little bit. You're going to have to hold up up front. But I do believe the Giants can make some plays in the passing game against this team. I don't know how well they're going to run it just based on who the Niners are and what they've shown. Uh, but, again, I think they will be able to throw the football. You are going to have to run a little bit. But um, what's that? Do you see Kafka calling a lot of design runs for Daniel Jones? I would like to see some screen game, you know, with Brita and things like that to keep that pass rush a little bit at bay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Daniel's going to have to run the football. I really do. I think he's going to have, you know, the, the, the Niners have only seen uh, Pittsburgh and, and the Rams, two Pickett and uh, Stafford, two quarterbacks that don't run. Um, so, obviously, that's part of the Giants' DNA on offense. You have to mix that in and make them aware of, you know, obviously Daniel can run the football. So, uh, but I do think this is, becomes a passing game. That's really the only way I think you can beat the Niners. You're not going to run it 45, 50 times against this team. Yeah, quick game. is The ball's going to have to get out of Daniel Jones's hands fast. Again, there's a lot of yak receivers on this offense, and if you can get some of these guys the ball in space, you're able to see uh, them do what they do or do what they were brought in to do. Paul, final thought on the offense before we move on and talk about the Giants' defense against the 49ers' offense. Well, here's what um, Daniel Jones said about Matt Breida. You know, and, and tell me, this is if you're a player, you want this to be said about you, right? He's extremely dependable. He's just always doing the right thing. He's a guy you can definitely count on. Now, having said that, um, you know, this coaching staff is not afraid to put young guys on the field, right? We've seen it. I mean, heck, they start two rookie cornerbacks, which is unheard of. So, I, I um, you know, Gary Brightwell's not a rookie, but he's not a guy who's had a lot of carries. Um, Eric Gray is a rookie. Those guys are going to get the ball, I think. You know, in, in certain situations, I think they will. Um, yeah, I agree. Unless the running game is really cooking, I don't think you're going to have 30 rushing attempts in this game. Um Look, once again, it's it's hard to, you know, not belabor this point, but, you know, they had this big offensive line shakeup and they benched Michael, uh, Mark Lewinsky and now he's back in. So, um, you know, just does Josh Izudu, was he able to hold up at left tackle? Marcus McKeithen made his first career start. Um, isn't it cool that uh, Izudu and McKeithen were uh, line mates at North Carolina and now they're line mates early in their career with the Giants. That's pretty That's pretty good. Um, yep. We'll see how they hold up. This is the biggest challenge they will have ever faced, certainly with, with this uh, defensive front. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to wing it and, 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 you know, hope that these guys can do the job because, you know, there's not five other guys they can put in there. Absolutely. And if they hold up, Maybe Daniel Jones can cook, get after that 49er secondary. Let's move over, Riverside it. Let's talk about this Giants defense against Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. They cannot let things get purdy or pretty for Brock Purdy, who's 7-0 in the regular season as a starting quarterback. This is probably going to be one of Wink Martindale's biggest tests of the entire season. How are you, Tynes, 
how do you think Wink Martindale and this Giants defense is going to attack Kyle Shanahan and this system? I, I think you're just going to stay with who you are. Now, they definitely got to generate more pressure. Um, Wink Martindale faced Kyle Shanahan in 2019 as a Ravens coordinator, and they won the game. It was on a field goal, close game, 2017, 23-20, something like that. Uh, he held the Shanahan offense under about 275 yards. Now, again, I was on the road in Baltimore. Uh, he's seen this cast of characters. It was Jimmy G, Kittle, Debo Samuel, some of those guys. The problem is Brendan Ayuk, guys. He, he's their go-to deep threat guy. Christian McCaffrey does everything. Like you mentioned, Brock Purdy is 7-0 as a starter. They're averaging 32 points a game with him under center. And those seven games, 32 points mm. per game is what they're averaging. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They have great balance. George Kittle has not really been a factor this season at all. Debo Samuel, slow to get started. Ayuk's kind of their big play guy. Everything goes through McCaffrey. I think you just bring pressure. Be who you are. Try and get some negative plays and get them behind the chains. I don't think you can just sit there and play, you know, cover two, cover three. Yeah, I just think you got to be who you are, and I think Wink will do that. He'll mix it up a little bit. Would love to see Leonard Williams show up, guys. And I, I mean, we haven't really talked about him this year. He has been very, very quiet. Uh, has not played well. You know, if you watch the film, he is not making any impact plays. So this D-line is going to have to have a hell of a football game in order for the Giants to even have a chance. Yeah, the Giants have no sacks on the season, no, and they don't have a turnover. They're going to have to get— By the way, the only team—sorry for interrupting—the only team in the NFL— without a sack this year. And that's when you talk about a Wink Martindale defense and you you you'd never think that you would hear that stat behind him. Uh our one of our producers Jeff uh, Stansberry had put down Xavier McKinney is the only giant with a sack in the 2023 calendar year. <laughs> um so that's something to kind of look at. So if you are Wink, how do you generate this pressure against the 49ers offense? Well, you know, I do think he is he, Wink is sending a little less pressure you know what i mean yep. i i just yep. i do think so and, and and you know could that be that he has two rookie cornerbacks and he really doesn't you know wants to play a little more coverage i think that certainly is a factor um does wink have to say you know what you know those guys you know have to have their battlefield promotions i just have to be what i'm going to be um you know last year when McC uh, uh, christian mccaffrey was with the panthers and and the giants beat them I believe in week two um, Isaiah, um, 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 Xavier McKinney did some spying on, on oh. McKinney. It'll be interesting to see if he does that again, um, you know, on, on McCaffrey. Uh, you know, could Isaiah Simmons possibly be a guy who could maybe, you know, take some snaps as a spy for Christian McCaffrey? Maybe. I mean, he is the he is the, the, the fulcrum. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, you know, Brandon, you just, you know, uh, recited those stats. and You know, they roll really easily off the tongue, right? Oh, Brock Purdy is 7-0 as a starter. I mean, this is incredible what is going on. This is incredible, isn't it? That that you look at the Giants, right? Number six pick in the draft, Daniel Jones, right? Look across town, the Jets. Number two pick in the draft, you know, Zach Wilson. Teams give up the farm to find a quarterback. And and the 49ers just, did they find gold? Did they find, you know, it would be ironic if the 49ers found gold, right? But, you know, this guy was the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. You know, can he operate any system probably not so system versus player that this guy is operating a high-powered highly efficient winning offense and football operation um 
you know, was every team scouting department screwed up with this guy? I mean, it really is. When you can have a quarterback playing that well in an offense that well and paying the guy so little money, man, it's a great way to operate. You mentioned that system. I mean, you found it's like they found the right quarterback for Cal Shanahan's yeah. offense. I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was good in it. Trey Lance struggled. But it just seems like Brock Purdy just stepped in, and this is where he needs to be. And then on top of that, times you mentioned the weapons of Debo Samuel, George Kittle, CMC, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Jennings. The list just goes on from guys who can step up and make plays for this Kyle Shanahan offense. I know everyone always says all they run is stretch plays and counters, but at the end of the day, you have to stop it. And this, and this is what's working well from them, and then they go play action over the top of that. Now, Brock Purdy missed three huge deep throws last game, and a lot of people were saying, like, oh, his arm is too strong coming back from that surgery. But at the end of the day, they, he's great when it comes to these intermediate routes, getting guys the ball, and t- anticipation throws. So it was going to be interesting to watch the chess match between Wink Martindale and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Tynes, final thoughts on uh, Giants defense. Yeah, just get after Purdy. I think you just got to make him make quick decisions. He is a good intermediate thrower. I can see the Niners coming out potentially and trying to rectify his long ball issues and go deep a couple times. That's fine. I think that plays right into the Giants' hands. But you just got to get hands in his face. He's not the biggest guy. He will tuck in and run. He does have some athleticism to move with his feet. But again, don't change who you are. Get after the quarterback. Blitz him. Cause confusion. I know that's easier said than done. But again, I think that's what the, the Giants have to do on Thursday. Absolutely. And you said that Leonard one, Williams. One thing, go ahead, go ahead. You know, one, one thing about, you know, Lawrence mentioned Leonard Williams. Um, first of all, uh, Brandon IU came out of that, that game last week with a bad shoulder. Okay. He didn't practice, you know, projected on Monday. So he is worth on a short week. He is worth, you know, watching to see if he's going to be limited or even not play. I mean, it's, you know, have a bad shoulder, it's kind of tough turnaround. And, yep. you know, Lawrence mentioned, um, you know, you know, putting out the milk car for Leonard Williams. Um, you know, a milk carton has four sides last I checked, right? One of those sides has to be a, a picture of Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, you know, let's face it. You know, I mean, I mean, he had no tackles in a lot of snaps against the Cardinals. No tackles. I mean, that's not easy to do. So, um, you know, it's not all about sacks. It's not all about the numbers. You know, Kayvon does a lot of things, but he is not doing a lot of things right now for this defense. And, um, you know, this is this is this is a so, time. Paul, you know, I to... have a famous milk carton on Twitter. So, are you saying you want me to put Kayvon Thibodeau on the milk carton today? Because I will. Well, you got, I can put him on there. Force, we saw Leonard is good. Thibodeau is good. I, you know, we could probably fill up the other two just, there, right? Just you a know? quick copy and paste. Just a quick copy and paste. I'll go Thibodeau if that's what it takes. Yeah. But. Yeah, he definitely needs to show up. There's a few others out there, too. Yeah, because you remember around, well, not around this time, but you remember we kind of called him, not called him out, but called him up to make plays. And then the Washington game, he kind of single-handedly made plays that game. So this could be a huge game, not not only on the impact he can have on the win, on the loss, but just in the psyche. You know, playing in New York is no easy place, Tynes. Well, he's out west with 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 his family and friends, okay. and people are going to be out there. I mean, I expect to see a huge game from Kayvon Thibodeau. I know he's feeling a little bit of pressure, obviously, from the media, and there's being some things said on social media. So, yeah, maybe it's time he shows up. But again, the problem with that Brandon, that game against the Commanders last year, is we well, you know this game, the NFL, is about consistency. You cannot do that once 
and then not show up for the next 10 games or whatever it's been. The NFL is all about consistency week in and week out. That's how you get paid. That's how you keep playing longer in this league. So he's got to become more consistent, and hopefully he shows up on Sunday or Thursday. It'll be a big deal for the Giants. Times you're right. Consistency leads to longevity, and longevity builds legendary status when it comes to this league, especially here in New York. So it's going to be interesting to see Kayvon on Thursday night. All right, that's how we think this matchup is going to go. We broke it down. Now it's time to hear from the Ops. I spoke with NBC Sports Bay Area's 49ers pregame and postgame analyst Carlos Ramirez about how he thinks this game is going to go. And this week's Know Your Enemy. Carlos, thanks for joining us, man. I was watching a lot of uh, you guys broadcast, getting ready for this Know Your Enemy segment. Break this thing down like you, D-Wit, and the gang do for the uh, post and pregame show, man. Uh, let's start with talking about the two units that played their best football in the second half of their last games. The Giants' offense got some scores. The Niners' D got some stops and turnovers. How do you see defense coordinator Steve Wilkes calling this game? How's it going, guys? Thanks for the invitation. Um it's going to be a very interesting game because it's a short turnaround, right? It's Sunday to Thursday night football. So that might change some of the dynamics that both Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan approach to this TNF game here at Levi Stadium. Now with no Saquon Barkley, I also think that changes the dynamic of how Steve Wilkes might approach this game. And they do know Matt Breida from his time here in San Francisco. So that, I think, is an advantage for the 49ers um one thing they have to take into consideration is that short quick turnaround and how they're going to mix and match and bring guys up to the defensive line it's going to be pivotal for the 49ers to a control time of possession but also control the run game don't let those receivers be a factor if the giants fall back behind early in this game and they're not able to run the football with Breida and Daniel Jones, then it's going to be a receiving game, and that might be some of the issues the 49ers have to deal with. We're talking about a defense that goes out with a 4-3 package. That's their base package, but works most of the time out of the nickel, and that is Isaiah Oliver's uh, mark now this season. He is replacing Jimmy Ward, who also replaced Kwan Williams. And last game was a breakout game for Isaiah Oliver. He got a pick. He got a big-time fourth-down stop. For the 49ers, I see a lot of pressure, but coming up in waves. Again, it's a short turnaround, so we might see Nick Bosa come in and out. We might see Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and those boys, Drake Jackson, come in and out more so than they do on a regular week because they do need those fresh legs on a short week. I, I think the plan, the defensive plan is going to be sound. Uh, they need to be physical. This team has to play physical football like they always do. You know this. Uh, and the tone setter is Fred Warner. The defense goes not as Nick Bosa goes. Uh, it does on the pressure side, but the attitude, the demeanor that this defense brings comes stems everything from number 54, and I expect him to have a huge game on Thursday. Yeah, especially with Saquon Barkley being out. You mentioned Matt Breida. A lot of Giants fans don't know who the Giants' RB2 is. Saquon gets the bulk of the carries. Matt Breida has three carries for 14 yards on the season, and Gary Brightwell has one for five. But that brings me to the next question, because that 49ers defense hasn't seen a quarterback this year that's a dual threat like Daniel Jones. So is Daniel Jones' legs, could that be a threat to the Niners' defense? That's a great question because 
in the past, this 49ers defense with both Robert Sala, now the Jets head coach, and D'Amico Ryans uh, down in Houston, they have had issues with mobile quarterbacks, with Kyler Murray, with Lamar Jackson, with Jalen Hurts, and so on and so forth, with Patrick Mahomes. So that does bring a new element that does bring a wrinkle to the Giants offense. And I want to see how Steve Wilkes deals with that issue. Having said that, you can't now play with Saquon Barkley. That might take out the RPO element, even though, like you said, they do have two good stout running backs to back up Saquon, and they do know Matt Breida. That's going to be a challenge. However, if that if this game gets out of hand and the 49ers have a big lead early in the game, then the run game and, and Daniel Jones's legs becomes a mood point. Mm-hmm. They do have some plans. They do have to learn how to contain that pocket. This might be, again, on a short week, the 49ers might have to focus not on sacking uh, Daniel Jones, which they always try to do, but containing Daniel Jones inside the pocket because he might be the best running back or running threat that the Giants have this week. All right, that's talking about our QB1 or the Giants QB1. Let's talk about the Niners QB1. Brock Purdy was efficient last game, but he missed some big throws down the field. You guys worried about Brock going into this game? The level of concern for Brock Purdy right now in San Francisco is zero, (laughs) nothing, nada, zero, because we've seen it uh, over and over again, not just on regular games, but in the practice field. The, the, The throws he missed on Sunday were very on Brock Purdy like he does not miss open players. He does not miss open receivers. He missed three of them on Sunday and two of them should have been touchdowns that 30 to 23 score was a very lying score, I would say. It was non-reflective of what the game was. There is no concern whatsoever. He is Accuracy is the calling card for Mr. Relevant. Not irrelevant anymore, for Mr. Relevant. So, again, uh, he reads the field better than any quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had, perhaps in his career, maybe even better than Kirk Cousins. He knows where to go with the football. He knows who to feed when, where, and why. He is so far uh, one of the best readers of coverages and progressions that Kyle Shanahan has ever seen playing football. So the touch is going to be there. He's going to have to learn how to put a bit of more air under some of those passes. The double move that Brandon Ayuk put on Akello Weatherspoon on Sunday was just a thing of beauty. He is going to hit those passes. Now, the challenge, I think, more so than the accuracy, is how will Brock bounce back on a short week? He's done it before. He did it last year when they they had to go up in Seattle and play a game in challenging conditions. But it's the first home game. He wasn't really physically um, lit up by the Rams on Sunday. So, to your point, the accuracy is not a concern here in San Francisco. All right, Wink Martindale and that defense is hoping that that accuracy ain't purdy on Thursday night. So how does Brock and Cal Shanahan attack this Giants defense? Where do you say these big plays come from? Well, you mentioned Wink Martindale, and you know this better than I do. The Giants have to be on red alert on the run game because that is something they cannot afford to any team who plays the 49ers needs to control or try to diminish the running game. Something happened on Sunday that I thought was really curious. The only running back that Kyle Shanahan deployed was Christian McCaffrey. And mm. on the postgame presser, he said that it was on him, that he made a mistake by not giving any reps to Elijah Mitchell or J.P. Mason. 
I know Kyle Shanahan. I've covered him for the past five seasons. This man is, in, in a good sense, a control freak. Nothing gets past or by Kyle Shanahan. I do not for one second buy that he didn't know or wasn't aware that Elijah Mitchell or J.P. Mason did not take a single snap and that everything went to Christian McCaffrey. I think he knew it was a short week. I think he knew the Giants have issues with the run game, and he just wanted to keep both of those guys fresh for the game and get ready because I think he's going to deploy a three-headed monster on Thursday. Christian McCaffrey is going to get the majority of the snaps. Don't get me wrong. But with Elijah Mitchell not having played on Sunday, same with J.P. Mason, he's got now he's now have two fresh backs to deploy at will. The big question becomes what happens with Brandon Ayuk. He did have some uh, issues with the elbow and the shoulder. He wasn't heavily featured on the Rams game after that injury. He did tough it out. But now you have Debo Samuel, who can come in as uh, your wide receiver one. And George Kittle has basically been deployed as a blocking tight end. So you have a lot of fresh legs, guys who haven't played over the past game or, or week or so. But I would go from the run game. The Giants have been, excuse the word, putrid against the mm. run game. The Cardinals put up 151, it's, and it's James Conner. It's not Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and these boys. So I think everything goes from the run game, everything begins with the run game. They're going to have to force the Giants to stack the box, and then everything opens up on the outside for Debo, George Kittle, Jawan Jennings. If Brendan Ayuk is healthy, you'll see him on the field as well. Uh, Ronnie Bell. So I think that's the plan. Run, run, run. Be really physical on a short week, and then when everything opens up, it's bombs away by Brock Purdy. My man, Carlos, used a Scrabble word on us for the run game. Putrid. Triple word score right there. Uh, Hopefully things don't get putrid out there in the Bay Area on Thursday night. Uh, Carlos Ramirez, thanks for joining us. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, Carlos, for that. All right. So there you have it. That's how the 49ers could potentially be looking at the game and how they could kind of just go after the Giants. We all think it's going to be a dogfight. But the thing about dogfights, it's always hard to predict them. Here's some over-unders and some predictions from various sports books. And let's go the over-under route right now with our predictions. Fellas, I'll start with you, Tynes. Brock Purdy, total passing yards, 226 and a half over-under. Well, I, you know, he they're traditionally in that 200 range, 205, 210. I mean, it's almost like a science with, with this offense um, in Shanahan. I'm going to go under this week. I, I think they get the running game going because obviously that's where the Giants really, really struggle on defense. So I think it's a running game for them. Still, they'll throw it, but under 225.6, did you say? 26.5? 226. So 226.5. I'll go under. I think under as well. Um, you know, I, I don't think the, the 49ers are going to have to run it and uh, throw it and throw it and throw it. I, I just don't think so. Like I mentioned, Brandon Ayuk might be uh, might be banged up or might not play. Uh, Kittle, you know, is always a uh, explosive play waiting to happen, but he hasn't done it yet this season. Um, you know, did the Giants stop Tony Pollard? No. Did the Giants stop James Conner? No. Um, you know, we're going to have a prop here with uh, Christian McCaffrey. We, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I just don't think the 49ers are going to have to, you know, throw it at will and throw it and throw it and throw it. So I'll say under. 
I'm going to be the guy that goes with the over. I just feel like Brock Purdy has been really surgical in this uh, Kyle Shanahan offense, and he makes a lot of anticipation throws. The Giants can't get home in terms of pressure. He's going to make. He's going to get the ball to some guys that have some great catch and run ability. Paul, you just mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey total yards one twenty one over under, and I go to you, Paul. I'd say over. Okay, mm. he's a hard man to keep down, right? You know, you can you can have him bottled up, and they throw him a little a quick quick flare pass or a little screen, and he goes for twenty eight yards. You know, um, interesting. Uh, uh, Bobby um, um, Karakay uh, during training camp was having an especially tough day uh, covering Saquon Barkley, and afterward he said, you know, I think that guy's could be is the best pass catching running back in the league. And then um, just the other day, um, he, it, that was brought up to him because of McCaffrey. Uh, Okereke and McCaffrey were teammates at Stanford. And he said, well, I didn't say that, you know, uh, Saquon was the best. I said they're both great. So he was kind of hedging a little bit, maybe not wanting to tweak McCaffrey before he has to play him. But um, he is the best pass catching running back in the league. He is. He runs routes that receivers run. So I think holding him under 121 total yards is something the Giants will not do. Time's a little frozen right there, so I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to go under. I, just, I feel like uh, Xavier McKinney, Wink, has someone there to kind of go and neutralize Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think that the playmakers on the outside when it comes to the 49ers receivers are going to be the ones who do the dirty work. Uh, let's see if we got my guys back up just yet before we go on to the next prop bet. Not, not yet. All right, so here's what I'll do. I'll give my final thoughts. Um, I think the Giants really have to have a complete game. It cannot be a tale of two halves. I think the Giants would rather grit this one out than the show or not show up in the beginning not show up in the beginning, but then have to come out in that second half. It's going to be hard to be out there in Santa Clara, San Francisco, uh, at that stadium and play from behind, especially against this offense and knowing what this 49ers defense brings to the table. Uh, we're talking about arguably one of the best teams in the NFC, but one of the best defenses in football. It's going to be a Daniel Jones day. No Saquon. He's going to have to show that... <sighs> DJ, the DJ hype is real, and this is the game to show that against you did what you had to do against Arizona, and now to go out and to kind of have a redo against a defense that are that is Dallas Cowboys isk. I think Daniel Jones, this is this is a redo for him to come out and show that the man is 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 everything that he knows he is, everything that this team knows he is. Uh, Paul, I got you back. Uh, well, let's get back into a couple more of these props and I'll get your final thoughts before we close this thing out. Let's go Giants total touchdowns 1.5 over under. I'll go over. Um, you know, I think they can get two touchdowns in this game. You know, it's a low number. Um, you know, sometimes these games have a life of their own, right? And just because, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to score 14 points in the first quarter. It means that, you know, maybe they're down and they score a late touchdown, you know what I mean, which could affect the yep. point spread or something, but it really has no great impact in the game. So, um, you know, they do have a, a passing attack uh, that, that can get things done. I think they can do some things against the 49ers defensive backfield as long as Daniel has time, you know, to, to, to stick his foot in the ground and make those throws. So I will say over 1.5 touchdowns, but 
I wouldn't have said over 2.5 touchdowns. I think two is right about the number. <laughs> That's why I kept it at 1.5. And, yeah, I'm with you. The Rams last game had themselves a strong quarter. The Giants are going to need to match that. I want them to play with consistency, but they're going to have to have themselves a strong, corner, uh, strong quarter. I think the Rams got 17 points in the second quarter, two touchdowns and a field goal. So I think the Giants can match that and do the same thing. Uh, last but not least, total points scored. For the entire game, both teams, 44 and a half over under. I think under. And a lot of that is because I just don't see the Giants scoring a mm. lot of points. As we said, you know, two touchdowns is about it, I would think, for the Giants. So, um, you know, the 49ers, you know, they're a great offense, but they don't, they, they're not a macho offense, I don't think. You know, they're not like, we're going to score a lot of points. We're going to run it on you. You know, we, we're going to just, you know, put it on you. I think they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to befuddle you. We're going to have you thinking this and doing that. Um, and 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 at the end of the day, they've got, you know, between uh, 27 and 31 points and you don't. And that's why they win and you don't. So um, I think it. I think it's um, it's under, um, you know, teams that like to run the ball. You know, they don't mind having long drives at all with McCaffrey. Uh, so I think, um, you know, 40 is right around the number. So I will go under, you know, 44 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. I think uh, Wing Martindale's defense is going to play a lot better, a lot stronger and a lot more consistent than what they've shown in these first two games. And obviously the 49ers defense is the 49ers defense. So it's going to be a slugfest. It's going, they're going to have to grind it out. One of those type of games, those people watching at home on Thursday night football, it may not be as sexy as some of the other games where they're just throwing the ball a lot. But at the end of the day, who cares? It's all about getting a win. Uh, Paul, your final thoughts and prediction, and then we'll wrap it up. Look, uh, Lawrence was just talking earlier about consistency, right? You know, have the Giants been consistent? I mean, no. They, they played what? I'm not great at math, right? But four times two is eight, right? They played eight quarters this season. The first six were awful. I mean, awful. Not, not pedestrian, not mediocre, awful. And then they played two really, really good quarters, uh, the last two quarters in Arizona um, against what we think is probably a really bad team, you know, one of the bottom five teams in the league. Fine. They saved their season. They got a win instead of it would have, would have been a humbling and embarrassing and crippling loss. Terrific. They're one and one, which is not a bad spot to be. Um, and, and, you know, uh, when you go down, you know, lists of this, lose this, win, lose, lose. Um, you know, very few people see Thursday night at San Francisco and say, oh, the Giants will win that game. So, you know, if they're one and two after this game, it's not the end of the world either. Um, but um, I don't know what to expect of the Giants. You know, I really don't. Are they going to come out and, and score the first touchdown or have a nice drive and kick a field goal? They haven't scored any points in the first half yet this year. So, um, you know, I don't know what to expect. Um, I'm not sure they know what to expect. They really don't. I'm not a believer that the second half is a big carryover. I really don't. I think once they get on that plane Wednesday morning and fly from Phoenix to uh, San Francisco, um, you know, I think that momentum is left behind, you know, and then it's like we'll see what happens on Thursday night. So um, I, I don't think the Giants are, are in the league of the 49ers right now. I can see like a 27-13 loss. Um, they can't get guys hurt. And then they have a long break, uh, get the weekend off, long break before Monday night football game against Seattle. And then the season really kicks in and we'll see what they're all about. If I, I, I'm going to tell them to, to – here's a baseball reference, but hit singles. Hit singles. Every big play or, or every touchdown you score or point scored in the first half is a milestone. 
for the season. So take these little wins, and then you go deep. Then you go for the Grand Slam. Oh, back in the clutch like he's been for such hey. a long time for the Giants. You need a field goal? I'm here. You need Wait. a kick at the end of the game? I'm here. Hey, kick us home, Tynes. Kick us home with your yeah. final thoughts. You guys go fire. Let the little kicker come in and win the game. That's just how it always works. You guys don't need me till you need me. If, if Lawrence um, Tynes froze up like that, Lawrence, if you froze up like that, yeah. nobody around the Giants would have those two yeah. things, you know? Nope. So you didn't, nope. That's you, correct. You didn't, even freeze, you didn't even freeze up in Green Bay. I almost did. I almost did, though. I was one kick away from living in the bottom of the Hudson River there, Paul. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not everything is what it appears. Um, for example, this pocket square, you guys think it's a pocket square. It's actually a Nike dry fit sock. Ooh. You see that? I just pulled that out of there. You see, you thought it was a pocket square. No, it's a sock. Okay? The Giants are not what they appear. I think the Giants are a very, very good football team. I think they are a great football team. I really do. I don't know why. Something happened in that second half of the game. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Short week. The Giants go in there and win this game. I know the Niners are averaging 30 points a game. I'm going to take the Giants in a very, very close game. 2017, Graham Gano does it again. They get back home, get some rest, get going. I think the Giants are who we saw in the second half of that game against Arizona. And listen, people are going to say, Arizona's not good. They're tanking for, for Caleb Williams. We don't know if, if, if Arizona's bad. They competed in Washington. They obviously blew the doors off the Giants in the first half. We don't know what they're going to be. That team is prepared and played pretty well. So give me the Giants 2017 on the road on a short week. Make a statement. And it's good. And that prediction is good. And this whole episode was good. That's a wrap on our week three Blue Rush preview. It's our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post and SNY. Special shout out to Emma K. Austin and Jeff Stansbury for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports and SNY YouTube pages. Follow the Blue Rush playlist, please. For Paul Schwartz and Lawrence Times coming through in the clutch. Fashionista right there. It could be a tie too, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brandon London. Life at sock. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching Blue Rush. <laughs>